It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we've got some partners down there at the Zurich Classic. We have the DIO Implant LA Open, so the ladies are out there in Hollywood. A little shark TV this week, and uh, another match with some quarterbacks. Brian Goodwin's going to join us in a little bit. Wade, can't stop The Pro Show, so light it up. Let's hear the volume. Come on now. Choose not a life of imitation. There's none like the pro show. You and me on a Friday afternoon, it's beautiful out. What is What could be better? Nothing. Nothing could be better. I thought about it and I came up with nothing. What a week for the weather. Yeah, you know? we, we hit all the seasons this week. I mean... I saw snow. I, I don't, I don't doubt it. Did you it. see? I saw flurries. You know what? I, I saw it on the news. They had like a foot of snow in Syracuse. <laughs> I mean, honestly. You know... In a side note, um, a year from now, they're having the PGA. This popped in my head. To the, they're having the PGA Championship in Rochester, New York, in this like the third week in May. Okay. Good luck with Which, that. Yeah, it could be yeah. anything. Good, good, good luck with that. I don't know who's. I don't know. I mean, those weather apps are kind of popular. They are. You know, somebody over at the PGA should check one out. Unbelievable. Um, you know what else is unbelievable? Right. We got a cool guest today. Brian Goodwin has been into all sorts of startups. Really, really unique guy, fun guy. You know, I love to talk to these people that are, you know, um, entrepreneurs and innovators and such. And he's getting into the sports world. He's a former college athlete. And uh, this guy, this guy has been into some pretty interesting things. We like that. We right. Like interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, he worked for a company called Flipkey. Right. And that got purchased by TripAdvisor. Really? Oh, yeah. And I um, play a couple dimes for that. Yeah. How about how about this one? He he, uh, he was part of the team that invented Drizzly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, drizzly, yeah. drizzly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But think... that's the alcohol thing, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. See, th- that concerns me. That commercial, though. They're, they're, they, there's like three of them sitting there. They went. They polished off like a bottle of scotch or something in the commercial. Like, you... okay, now we go go get more. Well, I'll tell you what. You'd be less concerned <laughs> if you knew that you know that it was bought out or valued at a billion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the kids in the spot I'm talking about, they shouldn't be go polishing off a bottle of scotch and heading out for more. How about relax, enjoy some together time. <laughs> We've had enough together time with COVID, all right? Everybody's back out. Getting bombed. Causing trouble. Watch out on the roads. And it's 420, uh, 422 now, so there's even that other thing to deal with in New Jersey. You know, for as long a wait as that was in New Jersey to make that happen, and they make it happen on 421, come on. They they have a sense of humor. My God, we're going to do it on four. Yes, yes. 20. Yes, yes. One. Yeah. I don't know. You know, so anyway, I mean, this guy, he's he's in pardon the pun, but he's an Uber winner. And I can't wait to talk to him and dig into his latest thing, because it's all in the sports business vertical. And uh, I I think that you'll enjoy him. And I I know I do. I mean, I think he's I think he's really fascinating and uh, he brings a ton of energy. So, you know, usually this show lacks a little energy on my part. So we're going to amp things. We're going to amp things up a little bit. And uh, speaking of winning. Right. Mm -hmm. So Brian Goodwin's a winner. There's no doubt about that. But this is the one year anniversary of the old dollar fifty bet on DraftKings that earned me a thousand at the Zurich Classic. Oh right, yes. yeah. So yeah, I remember that. We're lo- we're we're loving that. 
you know. Um, some people don't like the team format, but every once in a while when it's, you know, 72 whole individual stroke play death march each weekend and week out on the men's and women's tours, when they do something a little bit different, like a match play event or there's a major that pops up or something, then, I, you know, I think that the storylines become a little bit different. And coming from somebody that writes like, I don't know, 8,000 words a week on golf, um, I appreciate a little variety in my life. So I'm enjoying the Zurich Classic for sure. Uh, We can certainly get into the leaderboard. There's no doubt about that, because yesterday, the one of the teams that's the favorite. So that's Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. uh, They had 11 birdies and an eagle. It's a team mm-hmm. format, so yeah, it's yeah. the better ball of the two partners, right? Better Don't ball. Say, it's better. Thank you. It's not better ball. It, it is better ball. Stop saying best ball. <laughs> All not, you golf media people, <laughs> right? It's inaccurate. It is. Um, it is not versed correctly. All right. And uh, so 13 under, they shot 59 better ball of partners. And then today in round two, they're out there in the foursomes format, which is alternate shot. So if you and I were playing alternate shot, maybe I take the odd holes and you take the even holes, you tee off. And then I play, you play, I play until we hole out. And then there's one score and one ball for the day. Whereas in four ball, which they played yesterday, there's four balls in the group and play in that in that group. And then you take the better ball okay, of, yep, yep, yep. of the partners. Uh, Matt Neesmith, Taylor Moore, this is the end of round one. They were 12 under, one back. We have three teams at 11 under. Uh, my boys, Billy Horschel and Sam Burns at 10 under with Bubba and HB3. I mean, there's some really great teams in all of this that they put together. Um, they do the walk-up music. This is that event where they do the walk-up right, music yeah. on Saturdays. And what's been interesting about that is that the teams, either they're lazy or <laughs> they think they need to do more than than they have to. Right. So they've been putting out on Twitter, hey, we're struggling with coming up with a walk-up song. And I mean, it's just the comments are great. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's your usual like Twitter hacks that just like, you know, just complain and like and say the most rude and awful things right. about everything. But if you dig in and, and you and you scroll through every fifth one, you know, because yeah. four of them are awful. Um, you find some really funny stuff. That's great. So I can't wait to see what the, when the list comes out, when the playlist comes out and uh, they have the guys walking up on Saturday to play it. Uh, so today, alternate shot. And, you know, one of the funny things yesterday, we talk about, you know, the leaders being 13 under par after one round. Well, there's there's two top 10 players in the world there. Right. I mean, if they're playing well, they they should be reasonably good. Um, the golf course in perfect shape, but it, you know, it just gets obliterated on a day like that with these types of players. Right. I mean, you know, I always talk about, you know, how much of the field is under par. Well, this is the largest um, field on the PGA Tour for the season. They have 80 teams, which is 160 players, right? All 80 teams, um, 200 par or better. So there's there's yeah. nobody nobody over par, which wow. they should, which yeah. they shouldn't yeah, be, sure. right? The scoring average yesterday was 65.1. So 65 would be seven under. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, You know, the top 45. So uh, this is one of the most difficult cuts to make, which is why if when I got six teams through last year in DraftKings, I had a very good chance to cash at least something. And we made a run, which was great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be part of the top 33 teams to get in. Well, right now, the top 45 teams are at 65 or better. Okay. So I mean, the seven under or better. So, um, but it's it's interesting because with the format, it's like total polar opposites to what happened. So yesterday is like go low, and then today is like survival because they're playing alternate shot. Now that's not to say that they're not great, but you know the players need to develop a little bit of a rhythm. So you hit a tee ball, and then the next thing you do, like your partner hits it on the green, and now you're putting. Yeah. And you don't 
you know, you're kind of like a natural progression of what you're used to. No, you definitely gets the guys out of rhythm. And if one guy kind of misses a shot and then, you know, different guys play with different golf balls and there's all sorts of like little details that come into play here, which tend to keep the scores then closer to even par. And you know, creates a lot of fanfare. Now, not as much on a Friday. Most people, because it's a beautiful day, should be out playing golf themselves, not really tuning in. But on Sunday, when they play alternate shot and they're in the last nine holes and it's you and your part. I mean, the, the theater last year was great, went yeah. into a playoff. And, um, you know, the second hole of the playoff, Louis Eustis and hits it into a pond. And it was like, well, OK, that's done. Um, <laughs> but, you know, his partner, th- there was nothing he could do about it. No, At that right, point, yeah. it kind of like sealed his, sealed their fate. So uh, it's going to get really entertaining. You know, Saturday, they have the music and then it's going to be a birdie fest again. But then Sunday, definitely tune in Sunday afternoon for at least the back nine and, and see where everything stands. Because I tell you, at the end of the day, alternate shot is tough. You carry the weight of your partner on your shoulders and you know it's just it's tough you hit a bad shot you feel bad mm-hmm. for the other guy right and uh, or if it's in you know if it's mixed if it's for the woman or whatever i mean when i i mean i ran golf tournaments forever and when we had alternate shot events it was known as the divorce open so it didn't matter whether it was two buddies or it was a husband and wife but we ran them all the time in mixed events right which, which i think it's also even a great opportunity to carry the team, though. It's further proof that golfers are masochists, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, like it's it 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 will be it will be interesting. And you know what? Speaking of interesting, right? Who's hitting you up? What no, do you got? Nothing. I thought if the, someone's phone's vibrating. I thought it was mine. I think it's oh, yours. No, people know that I'm busy right now. It's, it's, it's three. No, it doesn't mean they're. <laughs> they it's three. Care. Oh, it's three oh nine on a on a yeah. Just because they know. I know you're working, but look at this meme. Yeah. I forgot to hit do not disturb on my phone. Now stop. Stop texting. All right. But speaking of interesting. Yes, sir. Tuesday night, you know, everything on TV these days is streamed. It's, you know, OTT, everything, you know, it's like Netflix or it is um, you know, a Disney Plus or whatever, you know. It you, you watch what you want to watch, yep. when you want to watch it. But we had must see TV this week. Okay. On Tuesday in the golf industry, ESPN came out with a 30 for 30 on Greg Norman. And they took him back to Augusta National. Mm. To his most epic collapse. Now, when I tell you that this guy's got a top five of like collapses in his career that would ruin anyone's career, they took him to his all time, the 1996 Masters. He goes into the final round with a six shot lead over Nick Faldo and he loses. Six shots and wow. In 18 holes, right? And I mean, you're talking about a guy, a lot of people, you know, that may be listening to this or whatever, they don't remember Greg, okay? When I was a kid, Greg Norman was like the essence of swashbuckling. Mm. I mean, the long flowing blonde hair under that like sharp, you know, like edgy Panama Jack hat, the shark, yep. you know, he was from Australia. Like where is Australia? Is that another planet? You know, he had a weird, right. he had, I had the accent, he had everything. And, and back in those days, I mean, watching golf was almost like walking into the cantina scene in star Wars, you know, <laughs> like you had Seve, talking in a different language, yelling at the ball from Spain. You had like the stoic Faldo. You had Norman. I mean, you had all these really just incredible personalities. And right. Norman was definitely one of them. And he, the guy, I mean, he was electric. I mean, I think he spent 330 plus weeks at number one in the world. I mean, he was he he won a ton. I mean, if he was around today at the height of his power, he would be because of the way he carried himself and his bravado and you know showing up to the golf course in helicopters all the time. I mean, this is the 80s. Right, different He's, world. No social media. No you know, oh, my goodness. I mean, the theater, 
that I mean, he would make Brooks and Bryson jealous in their pip numbers. I mean, and Phil, I mean, he would just blow these people right. away. I mean, he's just fantastic. So in 1996, he has this epic collapse. And ESPN takes him back to Augusta National and they go through all of this mm. and they make him watch it. And then they take him out on the golf course and Augusta National make him do it again into this thing. And they have him play a couple holes and they're walking him through a couple things. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, and I don't want to make this. I'm just trying to make an analogy here, folks. But like it's taking him to the scene of a tragedy, you know, not to the level of maybe no, a, no. Of like a of like a car accident or something like that. But like, man, you could see it in his face. When it takes a turn, your life takes a turn or something like and, that. And the director of it was Jason here, who did the Fab Five 30 for 30, which right. is one of the top five ones. But he also did the last dance. OK, so this guy totally. is fantastic. Love his work. And the I mean, he just lets it play out. You know, the, like the famous memes with Jordan looking at the iPad, you know, mm-hmm. they have Norman looking at the iPad and the collapse mm-hmm. and what happened. And then they pan to him and he just doesn't have the words. Yeah. And they're like, you know, how are you doing? now and he's like well i'll get to that in a minute because that's how they close the whole thing <laughs> okay. and it's really good but you have to remember some you go back and there's this age-old argument and this is where i want to get your opinion right yep is it do people like kind of bring about their own bad luck so the whole thing with norman was that he was snake bit right is that in 1986 he led all four majors after three rounds Okay, so the 86 Masters is famous because Jack won. He was 46 years old. Norman led that after three rounds. The 86 U.S. Open was nearby at Shinnecock. He Norman led that after three rounds. And then he got into it with the New York crowd during the third round. And then the fourth round, he was on edge. All right. Then he goes and he wins at Turnberry in 1986 in the Open Championship. So he pulls that one off. And then the fourth one is the PGA in Inverness. And Bob Tway holes out from a bunker on the last hole to beat him. All right. Wow. Jump now. Okay, so that that's, that that's the lead in, right? Right, right, right? You go to the Masters in 87. He's got the lead, right, on the last hole, and he ends up tied with Larry Mize. They play two playoff holes, and Larry Mize, Larry Mize hits this famous chip in from an impossible place. And they take him through all of that, and he's like, well, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. I'm like, man. I'm True. like, he, the guy lost two major championships off of hole outs from impossible places. So the age-old argument becomes like, do you think he's just surrounded by bad luck or something, or what do you think? Or is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Or I mean, oh, okay, so go you, there. You get that far, you're surrounding yourself with the best. So it's not like it, it, it's a combination of you not living up to it, but you're also getting beat by the best. You know what I mean? It's not like you're you're on the uh, the uh, the links with just a, a coworker. <laughs> you know, you understand. You can say choke. How bad were his numbers those last holes? Did it really? Well, that's what it comes down to. And and a lot of the discussion centered around the fact that it wasn't just the last hole or it wasn't just the chip in. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, he was two or three over for his last nine holes. And he kind of he, he kind of slowly. But there were these moments that led up to it. And what was really interesting about the 1996 thing. And then I know we got to get going. But the 1996 thing was that they had announcers there. As part of this 30 for 30, they had okay. Faldo there. It oh, was wow, the one okay. that beat him. Right. So they had Jim Nance there and they're all talking about it. And it seemed to me like it was such a such a unique collapse that almost everyone that was involved, even the people that were calling it needed like somewhat of a cleansing. Right. Like right, to get right, through right. it. You know what I mean? Like they all needed their like, you know, moment to kind of make peace with it. And so they ask him. So the director asked him at the end of the film and he says, hey, he goes, do you think your life would have been any different? Had 
one of those worked out, mm-hmm. but let alone the one you had by with a six shot lead. Okay. And Norman kind of surveys the room and he thinks about it and he really, you can tell he's really thinking about it. Right. And they do a great job of letting him kind of percolate, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then kind of, and kind of build the drama. And he says, you know what? Probably not. And they you get know? the grand scheme of things. 26 years later. Right. And you know, you know, maybe it took that long, you know, time heals all wounds. I don't know. But I tell you, if you haven't seen it, go on ESPN 30 for 30. They did a tremendous job. Greg Norman, the shark with all the stories that we've been talking about with Greg Norman and the Saudi golf and all these other things. I'm not going to say that it humanized him or anything. He's still the guy that shows up in the chopper. Get that a chopper. <laughs> right. But he definitely um, paused when it when it was time to think about that moment. So it's a cool thing. And if you're a golfer, you got to check it out. And if you're a golfer, you know what else you got to check out? That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732 435-1212. Quarter past three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Wade and I will be back in a moment. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe well, Jenkins, Bar, team Bar, of me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, me Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Oh, I I know where you're going here. All right, folks, welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920 on another fantastic Friday afternoon. Now, we've covered what the PGA Tour is up to, but let's not forget the ladies teeing it up under the shadow of the Hollywood sign. They are playing at the famous Wilshire Country Club. It's a star-laden field vying to see who will be the L.A. woman to win. Golf's mojo is rising these days, and we're here to keep telling you all about it. How about these guys, Wade, huh? I love where you're going this afternoon. Weather's great. 
We got to fire up the weekend, everybody. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, the doors. Playing a little golf in a Hollywood bungalow. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about the ladies of the LPGA and their leaderboard for the DIO Implant LA Open. And I love what the LPGA is up to this these next two weeks there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Yes, sir. In that they're, they're having back-to-back events in LA. And for a tour that is in Singapore, then Thailand, then LA, then Hawaii, then... Um, Rancho Mirage, and then I mean, I mean, all the places, Orlando, all the places they've been already this year, right? I would want to be the uh, frequent flyer miles package that those <laughs> ladies use. You know, they they must have free flights by like May. That's right for the year. You know, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, um, Wilshire Country Club is where they're playing the LA Open, and it is it's a tough one. Great classic track, and I mentioned it in the opening. There, it sits right there in the heart of LA. Beneath the Hollywood sign, Griffith Observatory. I mean, all the cool things about Hollywood. It is right there. You know, the land is probably worth a billion dollars itself. It's just just a super track of land. And Allison Lee, after the first round, shot five under 66. But a majority of the field, I mean, we only got 29 players under par of the 144 that we're playing. So it's just definitely one of those things where I love a good classic track when it's just a regular weekly tournament. Classic and track? Like I love L.A.? <laughs> is that where you're going sorry i was trying not to listen but now i'm listening Ooh, that's, that's the part you recognize yeah all right yeah yeah well and then a couple ladies at four under emma tally nasa hataoka emily christine Patterson. right we got a couple ladies at three under so young rue six tied at three under jin young koo she just shot even par number one in the world hannah green one under with Minji Lee. You know what? I love LA. <laughs> Come on, you want to challenge me? Want to go? I should have found the instrumental. Right. The right. cut line sits at plus two or higher. The three hours behind us. Don't worry about it. We'll catch up later today. It's round two in LA. Very well. All right. But that's what's going on out there with the ladies. I'm going to love this tournament. One, because I'm going to get to see it in prime time uh, after the men get done all weekend. But also, it's a really great track, Wilshire Country Club. And, you know, it's going to be one of those where it's going to be low scoring, like eight to 10 under wins this thing. It's going to get tougher as the week goes on. Uh, loved writing about it and read the line this week. And, you know what? You know, it's been a good, lot, a good week for read the line. A lot of subs this week. Yeah. Things, things are getting hot. People Can I are, thank you for that very comfortable Redline t-shirt, by the way? Oh, man. So soft. I'm not wearing it now, but I'm I'm touching my shirt, wishing it was as soft as the Redline t-shirt you gave me. Hey, man, I sold I sold threads for a long time. <laughs> you, you know, know as a golf pro. Yes. Right? Why would I want to buy an uncomfortable t-shirt? Oh, I was not right? surprised by that. Believe me, I knew I was getting quality. And I know that, that, that you're well aware of of my affinity for for great t-shirts absolutely right i'm yes. always trying to rock you are out a wearing good... an interesting one right now is this a bad time to bring that up no you can bring it up okay you can bring it up it's from one of my favorite movies all time yes you it, know it's a t-shirt you've seen on film yes uh film that was uh made in new jersey correct by one mr kevin smith which made another one his oh, yes his second film so that's enough hints. Lead character wears it. That's about it. You have to check me out on Twitter if you want to see what shirt it was. And um, if you don't care, then you're probably with me when they went and they announced the 
match number six is coming out of all things. You know, these golf matches. Mm-hmm. I'll take you back through them. Tiger versus Phil for nine million. Yeah. You know, pretty good one. Then uh, we had COVID. We had the breaks. We had the big charity one with Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Tom. Really good. A lot of theater, Barkley, back and forth. You know what? Probably the peak, right? right? Then we went Phil and Barkley versus Peyton and Steph Curry. Mm, I don't know. That was two in one year. Then we went um, Bryson and Aaron Rodgers versus Phil and Tom in in Montana. Okay. It was no Yellowstone, let me tell you. And then we just had Brooks and Bryson. Um, in probably what was the quietest of all of the five at this point, you know, with really no fanfare. Right. And the only person who really carried the whole thing was Phil Mickelson. And, you know, he's like Voldemort, you know, the guy whose name (laughs) we're not allowed to mention anymore in golf media. So uh, I don't see Phil showing up for this next one. So there was a big announcement this week. I I still am in shock that I did that. I just I just can't believe that that I did that. I am uh, such an idiot. I mean, your lips to God's ears, Phil. That's for sure. So Tom Brady comes out this week and he, and he tweets, right? Because he's a sharp one. He's like, he's like, hey, what do you think? Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers. So everyone right away is like, well, um, it's not football season. Right. And uh, so uh, they announced it on June 1st. They're going to go back to the Wynn Golf Club, which was the same spot where Bryson and Brooks went. So they're taking the most mundane um, man-made golf course they could ever find um, on the Las Vegas Strip. And they're putting four quarterbacks together to play golf. Um, the length of the match, I believe, is going to be 12 holes. I mean, it, well, I wreck a good golf course, right? Oh, man. Well, I tell you, it's just there's so many things with this <laughs> that when it comes to like, you know, we always talk about the pro show and, and what I want to get into. But, folks, I mean, my, my why statement in life is to change the narrative around the game. So let's take four guys that don't really connect <laughs> to a golf audience, right? Who already have tremendous egos and they're just going to parade around and try not to step on each other's toes and then have them play average golf. Do you right? not think that these names would bring people uh, that would otherwise not watch golf into it a little bit? I mean, obviously yeah. that's what they're going with. Yes. It. Yes, they do. I get all of that. But. As a PGA professional and somebody who's trying to I'm not like, saying the answer is yes, by the way. Create, I'm not really answering your opinion. <laughs> I just, I mean, forever. Or there's just so much dead time. Mm-hmm. And who's going to carry this conversation, right? It's going to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to be like the voice of this whole thing. Are they going to bring in Peyton Manning to, in the, I mean, like maybe that's an idea. They bring right. Peyton Manning in the booth in to the talk booth, about yeah, the four maybe, quarterbacks. Sure. He can talk. I mean, he does a great job with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they bring in some guests. I mean, hey, folks, hello. Maybe that's a hint or something. But at the end of the day, what people love about golf, right, is what we saw last weekend. Jordan Spieth coming out of nowhere. Yeah. The and winning stories. Oh, my God. You, you know, don't need the novelties, but. Yeah. I get what they're trying. You know, I mean, <laughs> you it's, know, it's different. I mean, you're going to, you know, you're not going to watch it. Obviously, we, we talked about it in the first segment, the Greg Norman 30 for 30. People watch that because they saw him collapse and yeah. then they just wanted to see him go back to the scene of the crime. Right. If you want to create theater. Okay, you don't even need $10 million and, and all of this, right? Give me a half a million dollars. Give me two mini tour men and two mini tour women. Mm-hmm. Or even more, give me eight and eight and let's do a knockout. Yeah. Right? Okay. Somebody that plays for their life, like Will Dixon, right? He goes and he wins a tournament. It's like 11 grand for first place. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay. Like, give me those people. Yeah. That's yeah, what agreed, I want. Agreed. I want somebody because, you know, it goes to like this week. They had the PGA Professional Championship. So myself as a PGA member, if I qualified for it, 312 people went out to Austin and they were qualifying and trying to win it, which would be great. 
you know, possible. We, 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 call, we used to call it the Omar Uresti Open, right? <laughs> so the. But the top 20 go to the PGA Championship next month and get to play in a major championship. So as a club pro, that is your dream, right? Right. So the first three, it's a four-day event. The first three days, everybody is playing great. They get to the fourth day, right? And it is clean up on every aisle from <laughs> 1 to 18, okay? The, the average score of the top 30 was 75 and a half. Wow. The top 30 players on the last day, all right? And then the, the guy who won won by five, so he was out of it, right? He's in. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But everybody else, these guys are under par and they've been playing well for three straight days. And it was a total, total (laughs) massacre. Massacre. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, I mean, it got down to a playoff. There was four guys for three spots. I mean, that that to me, if if there was a half a million dollars on the line, which would be enough for that person to be on tour to to like try to live out their dream. That's what I'm talking about. That's drama. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Stakes are higher. So much higher. And it was amazing, the theater. And it was funny because I was listening to it um, on the radio, on Sirius. And they were like, I love this event every year on the final day. Because you see people do things that you just don't normally see on a golf course. Right? Because the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour players, even though they may have their faults sometimes on the back nine on Sunday, they, they pretty much are the greatest players in the world. So they're not as normal as you and I are when it comes to that moment of thinking ahead and, oh, I can go to Tulsa. I can go to the PGA. Right. I can go to 104 PGA Championship. That's my life stream. The stakes aren't as high for them. Oh, I know. And that's I why know. with the whole Brady thing and this whole throwing them together, there's there's zero stakes for them. There's none. It's a day at the golf course for them. That's there's it. There's none. And uh, I just wish, you know, you're talking. we were talking about Hollywood in this, you know, example of... Uh, the ladies out there and playing two weeks, you know, in in the fanfare and the lights and the pageantry of what is that area of Los Angeles and all that's going on. Right. Save that for the PGA and the LPGA tour mm-hmm. with these matches. Give me something a little more raw. Right. Give me something where there's going to be like a, a a total, total commitment from somebody either for good or bad. Someone rises to the occasion. Someone falls. Right. And that type of theater would sell the game infinitely more. Absolutely. Right? And it may not do it I'm the first you. time, but like if you did that a couple times over, right? And you Once created a, a series. Reputation and a buzz. Oh man. You know, I mean, people still watch Survivor. I, I do. They're I, I they're on like night. they're like edition 118, you know? I still love it. They still watch Survivor, you know? There's and stakes, there's stakes and these are for the most part, like you said, people that, you know, there's stakes. They're going to lose. They want to win it for the, for their dreams, not just because their name will be on Twitter the next day. That's where I'm at with that. And you know what? Speaking of survivors, we got to get to our guests. So we're going to jump out of here to a break, everybody. Up next, a conversation with a man who has the Midas touch, Brian Goodwin. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Take us out with Jim and the boys, Wade. Mike Greenberg is... Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans. Wasn't able to go to the Lakers. Winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. 
Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to readtheline.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's readtheline.com. you got a great voice it's for radio. Yeah. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. It's time for today's guest to take center stage. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know, when I imagine Brian Goodwin starting a meeting, I picture him entering a room to a song somewhat like this. He's surveying the situation as he begins the conversation. Brian's a startup wizard, and he's taking those talents to the sports world. By the time we get done with today's chat, you'll soon be part of his Seven Nation Army of supporters. Goodwin's amazing at innovation, but even better than that, he inspires others with his passion and infectious nature. I can't wait to introduce you to him. Here we go. Thanks for that there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Got us all fired up this afternoon. We've got Mr. Brian Goodwin here on the horn. Brian, good afternoon. Welcome to the Pro Show. Keith, thanks so much for having me. I couldn't be more excited to join you today. Well, you know what? I was looking into your background a little bit, and you are a four-year Division One athlete, a little hockey player. So my producer there tried to get you fired up a little bit. But, you know, I played college athletics myself. You know, what do you do after college to stay fired up and to kind of, you know, keep those juices flowing that you had for all those years as an athlete there at Bentley? Yeah, it's a good question. And we talk to a lot of our current athletes about that now. It's funny now, I, I think of myself much less of a hockey player than I did. It's been a long time. Um, I'm, I associate myself more as a, as a father and, and husband and business person as a, as a hockey player. But a lot of that stuff does translate. I think you know, the competition, the hard work, the accountability are all things that have definitely carried into business. And then I still love hockey. I skate, but it's much more for exercise. I get my, my competition juices flowing through golf, which is, um, which is one of the things that I know we share in common. Well, you know what? You used a word there, accountability. So I'm going to dig in there for a second, right? You know, your experience there as a Division One athlete and then, you know, your love for competition or whatever. But there is that level of accountability as an athlete. And now you've kind of brought that to the business world in a lot of different ways. Is that's what is that what kind of um, has set you up for so much success? Is that your ability as an athlete to be accountable and then kind of, you know, take that to the next level? Yeah, I think there's a lot of characteristics from sports that translate to the professional business world and accountability is certainly one of them. I also mentioned sort of hard work. I think there's this concept of commitment to the process that, you know, you hear, you hear Bill Belichick talk about it, right? And we apply those same things in business, but then there's also people, right? And so if you surround yourself with the right people 
and then hold yourselves accountable to each other, that's typically when, you know, really special things can happen. I think a lot of people look at startups and and founders and they often will just look at the end result, right? And the reality is that before you get to that end result, there's lots of challenges and there's and there's people. So, yes, I think it's accountability, but accountability to the process and also accountability to the people that you work with. All right. So we're talking about teammates there then and, and the team that you put together. Right. And you and I met one another because of something that you created called the Morning Blitz, which caught my eye. And one of the statements that you make there is that we want smarter sports fans. Right. So take me through why the Morning Blitz is so cool. Yeah, so I'll give credit where credit's due there. I didn't actually start the Morning Blitz. We we had we acquired the Morning Blitz when we started Torch Pro. The founders of the Morning Blitz are Danny Healy and, and Noah Cartwright. And they did start the Morning Blitz for that exact reason, which was um, help people become smarter sports fans. Um, daily sports newsletter in your inbox, 5.30 every morning, updating you on everything in the world of sports in five minutes or less. And so Danny and Noah have an incredible story. They're Colgate lacrosse players. And when I was finishing my time at, at Drizzly and I was contemplating Torch Pro and what it could become, we always had a vision of a sports media company. And what Danny and Noah were doing while they had full-time jobs at other places was, was just incredible. And so I was drawn to them as people to, to talk about teammates and the work that they were able to produce. But then the Morning Blitz, this newsletter had been delivered to sports fans' inboxes every day for three years without missing a letter while they had um, other jobs. And so their commitment to continue to do what they were doing and then the synergy between what they had built um, and what we were trying to build at Torch Pro made a lot of sense. We wanted them on the team. We, we wanted the Morning Blitz to continue to grow. Um, and so it came under the umbrella as our sort of uh, reach touch point every morning with, with sports fans. Well, it's kind of a triangle here because the morning blitz. yeah, it, it's kind of a triangle for me here because, you know, I come about this and meeting you through the morning blitz because it caught my eye because there's so many people in the sports industry that read it that are prominent names like Dana White and, you know, NFL coaches and folks. And then they're just grabbing it because it's five minutes in the morning to figure out what are the stories of the day to take to the water cooler should we ever go back to one again, but you know, to take to the water cooler for our conversations. And I thought that that was really cool. And then, you know, to kind of bring it all together, I mean, they probably caught your eye, which you just explained the same way, which I think is very unique. And then you have this business torch pro, which then is kind of amplifying this whole thing. So, you know, take me through kind of the process of how torch pro is is acquiring morning blitz and then you know what you want to do from there because i think for sports fans this is a very unique innovation that's something that they should pay attention to and i know a bunch of people do but it could always get bigger 100 percent, yeah so so the story of torch pro so torch pro was technically founded in january of 2020 of last year its origin was um originally as a company called company 39 which was founded by joe pavelski who's a 17 17 year nhl veteran um and our current ceo and my co-founder at torch pro matt fornataro and the story of company 39 is interesting because um joe had been playing in the nhl for for a long time and they actually he got invited to the acc Pro-Am in Tahoe, which I know you're familiar with. And Matt went to caddy for him. And so they get to this ACC Pro-Am golf tournament and Steph Curry's there and Aaron Rodgers is there. And you'd think they'd be talking about basketball and football, but they're not. They're talking about their business interests and the things that they're doing away from the court or the field. And so Joe Pavelski and Matt Fornitaro, my co-founder, sort of step back and say like, wow, we're just not thinking about things that way. 
that was the origin story of Torch Pro from a marketing services perspective. Let's help athletes tell their story. And it's important to build their digital brand while they're playing so that when they're done, they have something to fall back on and continue to kind of grow in their careers, which all of them, their careers will all end. So that was one of the starting points. Then you had the morning blitz. So when we started Torch Pro, it was, it's, a, it's a media company. And our, our objective is to help athletes, empower athletes to tell their story the way they want it to be told and build a community of fans and give them better access to the best athletes in the world with the idea that that can inspire greatness in the next generation. So to your point around the triangle, it certainly makes sense. We think about it as let's tell great athlete stories. Let's create great content with them and build community around it. Um, and then, you know, there's business monetization opportunities on the backside of all of those things. You know what? You've had a lot of unique experience building companies into something great. And and this is really where I want to dig into the conversation this afternoon. And folks, if you're just getting on the air with us this afternoon, we're talking to Brian Goodwin. We're just getting started in the meat of this conversation. And Brian, he is the co-founder of and the CRO of Torch Pro, and they are involved with the Morning Blitz. And he is a man who came out of Bentley, hockey player out of Bentley, right? And I'm a New England college guy myself. So, you know, proud of those of that heritage. And you when you got out of school, you started to work for a company called Flipkey and you were one of their first employees. And then that was purchased by TripAdvisor. And then you founded Drizzly, right? And folks, if you're not familiar with that, take me through the growth of Drizzly and then how that's kind of led you into where you are today. Yeah. So the full story, I graduated Bentley 2005. I go to LA and work in insurance for two years and immediately realized that's not the place for me. Big, big company insurance. So I joined Flipkey, as you mentioned, I'm their first employee. I build my desk. I have absolutely no idea what's, what I'm getting into. I'm making $10 an hour. And over the course of seven and a half years, I sort of understood and learned what it meant for a founder or founders to, to, to position a vision and go build towards it. And we did, uh, we did exit that business to TripAdvisor. So then I joined Drizzly as a founding executive in a very different capacity, right? I have seven years of experience. And, you know, Drizzly's founding story is, is a couple of BC grads who are sitting in their dorm room saying, like, I can get a pizza delivered, but why can't I get alcohol delivered, right? And it led through this very, like, um, academic approach to understanding the liquor laws. And so when I first met these two, A, incredibly impressed by them, but B, I used Drizzly and I got a bottle of wine delivered to my house. And, I, and it was like that first time you got in an Uber, if you remember that, you're oh, like, sure. this is like, this is like a magical experience, right? And I kind of looked at my wife, I said, I want to work with them. So when I joined Drizzly, it was at a much different capacity and I had a lot of different um, jobs along the way there. But, you know, um, working with the retailer, number, but it was people. And, and everybody, again, looks at, you know, that business exited to, to Uber for over a billion dollars, which is just an incredible outcome. And everybody says, like, oh, you got, you know, it was inevitable. It just wasn't inevitable. We were pushing a rock up a hill for a long time. And a lot of people told us alcohol delivery wasn't going to work. Um, and, and, and we were able to kind of overcome that through a, a long period of time. So I'm incredibly proud of it, but I often, I mean, there was a lot more hard times than there was uh, easy times in the course of both of those businesses. You know what? You bring up a good point there. A lot of us, when we get into career mode or we're building something or doing something, we overlook the people involved. And you've mentioned it several times now. You talked about having a good team and, and then in this certain instance, you know, you talk about the people that you worked with and how impressed you were by them, right? What do you think it is about your personality, 
right? That really draws you in to be a good you know, reader of people. And then not only that, but to then inspire them and take, help take them to the next level. Yeah. And I certainly think that it goes both ways because I've been as inspired by everybody I've worked with as I think I've been able to inspire. I, you know, we've met and I think you would be able to articulate, like, I, I like people. I'm social. I like to, you know, I like to, um, I like to, to get to know the, the guys at the bag drop at the golf course. And I just want to talk to people. Right. And I think in doing that, I've met a lot of interesting people and interesting conversations tend to build and lead on to other things. But I think like, take it back to, to sports, right? Um, if you ask a lot of our athletes, when we talk to them about the end of their careers, they say, you say, what's the thing you miss the most? What do you hear a lot? Like the locker room, right? The camaraderie. And I, and I was thinking about this cause like every, you know, sports team I played on had that, but every company, whether it be Flipkey or Drizzly had that there's community built around both of those. And I think about it in golf as well. And that's why I love golf so much, right? The club that you're a part of and the guys that you play with the, the camaraderie. So I think it's just about trying to find people that you can learn from being open to them, sharing, asking questions, listening to answers, um, and just trying to find common ground and go after, um, shared objectives and, and try to, you know, make people mutually successful. Well, Brian, you know what? I, now you're making me think of another thing because you keep bringing up golf and it's a universal connector, especially, you know, at point the once you get past the point of college, you know, there's really only one or two sports that you can do and none that are as interesting and as much fun as golf with which connects everybody. And it seems to me that you're always you kind of have your pulse on what's going on and you're meeting people and you're kind of you're making these connections and you're doing it through golf. I mean, you and I met through a golf connection. So like give me some advice for somebody that's out there, a young executive that's getting out of college and maybe they don't play golf, right? How, how can they use those opportunities? How have you used, give me a, a real life situation where you've been out on the golf course and golf has become a powerful tool for Brian Goodwin. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And so first of all, I think there's two stories that I'll tell you. One is when I, when I was in Boston at flip key, we joined, um, I joined a, a club called granite links semi, private just outside the city and i didn't i couldn't afford it at the time right and and it, it's not like it's this the most elite private club in the country it was just expensive relative to what i had um to spend on it at the time but a buddy of mine convinced me and we just did it and, and i sort of look back on that and think like it would have been easy for me to just be like oh, i can't afford it right but then i get in there and i meet this whole community and this great group of guys um and we spent i spent almost seven years there Another, so then, I, and, and, and I was different in that environment, right? I remember playing with my buddy as a single, just him and I, for like a year, because it's hard to kind of infiltrate the, the old guard, right, if you will. But then I, get, I moved to North Carolina a year and a half ago, and I get to my new club, and so this is a good example of the story. So I get invited out to play with a fivesome, and I'm on the second tee box, and there's this guy, tall guy, six foot two, and I said, so what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a, a commentator on NBC Sports for NASCAR. I said, oh, it's interesting. I said, how does a guy like you get that job? And he said, well, you know, I was the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Jr. and, um, and Jeff Gordon. And I said, oh, interesting. Um, what's a crew chief do? And there's three other guys in the, in the fourth or the fivesome. And they kind of look at me because it's NASCAR country. They're like, this guy doesn't know what a crew chief does. And he kind of laughed and he goes, oh, it's sort of like the head football coach of an NFL team. And I said, cool. Anyway, that sort of like went down this path. And now I have this great group of guys. They're all in NASCAR. They still laugh to this day about my naivete around the sport, but it started by me just asking questions, right? Asking people like, and that's typically how I would approach it. And I, and I think it's just like, you know, oftentimes people ask advice about entrepreneurship. It's like, just try it, just do it. It's going to be uncomfortable. 
get comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? And, and, and good things tend to happen and those situations become more comfortable. So yeah, I don't think there's a better sport for the rest of your life to meet people and see beautiful places and, and have a lot of fun along the way than golf. People know me as an entrepreneur as well. And you, so you get that question, they say, you know, describe being an entrepreneur in one word or something like that. And I always use the word curious. And you just summed it up yep. with a fantastic story right there that, you know, people are genuinely curious that want to figure things out and be innovative. And, and that if you take that to the golf course, or you take that to any aspect of life. Boy, I tell you, you will open Pandora's box. You will meet so many people. Um, people just love to tell their story. And, and that's a big part of why I do this on the pro show. And folks, if you're just joining us this afternoon, we have a treat. We have Brian Goodwin with us. He is a startup king and he is now part of something called Torch Pro. And they are lighting up the athlete industry. And, you know, I think about what you do, managing brands and promoting people and building these startups and then getting them, you know, getting the people that st- kind of created them to the next level, right? How proud are you on a daily basis that you like help people reach their dreams? Yeah, I think, you know, people did it for me, right? I had a, I had a mentor out of college, that first insurance company that I worked with. I, I didn't love the job, but the, the gentleman who I lived with and worked for was a huge help to me. And so I always, I always, and, and, and it goes all the way back, hockey coaches, right? There was, there are a lot of people that helped me along the way. And I really do feel a responsibility in sort of passing that along to the next generation. When we were when we were coming up with the mission of Torch Pro, it's so much of it is around telling these athletes stories to give the consumer access to them to inspire greatness in the next generation. And I take that responsibility personally as well, whether it be, you know, helping young entrepreneurs um, or a- anybody along that. I think, you know, a lot of these professional athletes, like you get on and start talking to them, they don't want to think about when their career ends at 30. But the reality is they're going to have the rest of their life and they're going to have to figure it out. And so you can start to, you know, when you start to break that down and then you start to see the way some of these athletes trans- transition and they sort of, their, their mind opens up, it's, it's powerful. And um, yeah, I love it. It's, it. There's nothing much more fun than that. Hey, you know, the whole world is kind of in a three-year transition right now. So, I mean, I think we all need some help. So I think it's great that you were able to join us this afternoon and talk about this. You know, I mean, you got one hell of a story, man. And, you know, I I think of a quote that I once heard. It's that difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. Right. And I wonder what's next. You know, you haven't reached your destination yet, but what's next for Brian Goodwin? Yeah, I think right now in the short term, you know, the focus is is Torch Pro and and building something great and um and doing it alongside the people that we have. It's you know I got a two year old son and and a and a fantastic wife, and so it's it's doing my best there. Um and you know maybe the pursuit of a lower handicap. I, I don't I try not to look too too far ahead, but um I do think I'm I'm at this fortunate spot in my career where I do have the luxury of kind of choosing the projects and the businesses that I want to work on, which is why I was so excited about Torstro. So I think, I guess we'll just have to stay tuned. All right. Well, I'll definitely stay tuned. I mean, the way you embrace life is totally infectious and I love it. And we could find Torch Pro on web, on social, all those places. Yeah, I would follow Torch Pro on Instagram. Um, you'll sort of get the the teasers of the content that, that we're creating. Yes, you mentioned Dana White. We did a great interview with him yesterday. that will be coming out soon. And then all the content itself lives on TorchPro.com, all of our podcast and video content, and certainly subscribe for the Morning Blitz daily newsletter. All right. Well, talking about content, there's always one piece of content we do week in and week out here on the Pro Show with our guests that our listeners love 
because they love to get to know you a little bit more intimately. And that's a little rapid fire Q&A. So you up for this there, Mr. Brian Goodwin? Yeah, I, I don't think I have a choice. No, you, re- you really don't. All right, here we go. We'll start easy. Who will win the Stanley Cup this year? Colorado Avalanche. All right, you could go to any concert all time with backstage passes. Who do you go see? Oof, jeez. Um, um, biggie. Adult beverage of choice. Um... Texas Ranch Water, tequila with a lot of lime. All right. Name a business leader you would like to sit next to on a cross-country flight. Wow, that's a great question. Um, Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk. Favorite app on your phone? Um, Uber. One trait that best describes you? Um, consistent. Any hole-in-ones? One last year. Very proud of it. First first one, 40 years old. Welcome to the club, my friend. All right. When you hear the word entrepreneur, who is the first person that comes to mind? Uh, the original, uh, my dad, the original entrepreneur. My father started a printing company when I was growing up. Well, you know what? I kind of think of a good one, too. So you know what, Brian? It was a pleasure having you on the pro show this afternoon. Can't wait till your next visit. Take care, my friend. Yes, it was awesome. Thank you for having me. Here we go. We're rolling right into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back up to wrap up today's show with, of course, our weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I you can't just not show up for work, but but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And of course, this evening, I will post this as a podcast up on all platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbean, all of them. If you want to check us out and you want to listen and you're all over the country, you can stream us at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hit that Listen Now button. And if you want to win, hit ReadTheLine.com and subscribe. Come on, man. It's free. Get there. Go do it. And uh, give me the Black Crows. Oh, man. 
You are feeding my weekend frenzy right now, my friend. Friday vibe. And I know we got to go quick. So when it comes to the weekend, you know I'm going to get my stealth driver out. So tailor-made, you know, for 40 years, golfers have inspired them to make a lot of great drivers. But as we know, they all reached their limit. Well, we're busting past limits in 2022 there, Mr. Wade Weezer. (laughs) 20 years in the making, Carbon Wood's out there. I'm using it. I'm loving it. If you want to check it out, go to tailormadegolf.com. This is a perfect story for the weekly update right here. Like father, like son. And what they're calling the perfect pairing, Hooters and the Dailies are teaming up. (laughs) Hooters announced Tuesday morning that it had signed John Daly and his son, John Daly II, to endorsement deals, with the younger Daly, a freshman at Arkansas, being inked to a name, image, and likeness deal. Both Dailies will promote the Hooters brand through various marketing activities. I bet they will. I'm leaving it that. All right. Hooters is thrilled to make our longstanding relationship with John official and enter a new exciting venture with Little John as our first NIL ambassador. All right. John's larger than life personality makes him an ideal representative of Hooters fun loving spirit. While Little John will promote our brand to the next generation as one of the big names in golf. I love it. When they spoke to John Daly, the second Hooters is the ideal place for me to go and unwind after a long day on the course or in the classroom. So I am honored to be chosen as an ambassador for the iconic brand. I love that. Ambassador should I, Hooters. Should I read that again, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the marketing team at the Four Seasons <laughs> right. wrote that and Hooters stole it. Cut paste. All right, we've been talking about Greg a lot today. Greg's got a player. A career journeyman has become the first PGA Tour member to apply for permission to compete on the controversial tournament funded by the Saudi Arabian regime in the Live Golf Investments in London. That's right. Golf Week reports that Robert Garrigus has requested a release from the PGA Tour to play in that London event in early June. Now, he applications must be submitted at least 45 days in advance. So we have a deadline coming up, Monday, April 25th. If someone's going to play in it from the PGA Tour, they have to file. And then the PGA Tour has up to 30 days prior with which to get back to them, right? So a spokesperson for the PGA Tour declined to comment on Garrigus or on the releases for the Saudi event. Kevin Canning, the agent for Garrigus, also declined the comment. Garrigus, 44, he joined the PGA Tour in 2006. He has one career victory, the Children's Miracle Network Classic. It's ironic. All right. Um, and he has not made the field in a major championship since 2013. You know, his his career earnings is fourteen point nine million. Pretty good. You know, yeah. The proposed purse in London for the first event is twenty five million <laughs> with a first place check of four million. In a related story, Garrigus and his partner, Tommy Two Gloves Ganey, are tied for third after round one in New Orleans. A PGA Tour sponsored event. Holy moly. Yep. All right. Let me go quickly here. We got to talk about our boy because JR is back in the news. Former NBA player JR Smith has scored a name, image, and likeness deal with apparel brand Lululemon and will make him the brand's golf ambassador. He's in his second semester of freshman year. We know all about it. They're about to get back out on there. We got to get JR back in the report. In January, Smith signed with Excel Sports Management, which is normal. For a freshman sure. at NCAT, yeah, for sure, on the golf team, right? Um, Lance Young told ESPN's Adrian Wojciechowski, that, that, which is also normal. This is all normal, all right? While Smith can't promote Lululemon at NCAA-sanctioned events, he can appear in the brand's advertisements. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, the guy made $90 million in his NBA career. He's back in college. He's doing this. You know, what's wrong with a little free yoga gear? Exactly. You know, and that's your pro show update for the week ending April 22nd. 
2022. Thanks for all you do on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Appreciate our guest, Brian Goodwin. Always our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about potential. How can you truly determine your value if you aren't willing to step outside your comfort zone? I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.